Welcome to Nightlight, a horror movie podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Prince, also known as Head Knight. And alongside me, we got David. There's a Chucky doll next to me right now. There's a Chucky doll next to him right now. Uh, thank you, Sci-Fi. Presenting <laughs> 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 the Chucky doll. Thank you. <laughs> also known as Nightly, Freddy ain't here. David and Freddie are just playing podcast tag at this point. Yeah. Just like, oh, I'll come if you don't come. <laughs> or maybe Chucky got him. <laughs> maybe Chucky got him inside the box. Maybe that's his blood that says want to play. Who knows? <laughs> we are a group of knights with an absolute love for film and a passion for horror. This is a podcast that takes a different horror film to break down, discuss the ultimate question. Why horror? So hit the lights, sit back, and let the darkness envelope you. You can support the show over on Patreon, patreon.com slash goodnightlife. That's night with a wood. By pledging on the Patreon, you have access to the show ad-free and as early as Monday with a post-show. If you don't have any bucks to toss, don't worry. An episode is released every Friday on most podcast services around the world. Now, keeping things going with our Hispanic Heritage Month. Once again, everybody, uh, we didn't get to strictly celebrate Hispanic Heritage Month because we were celebrating Stephen King for two whole months, yada, yada, yada. So we were just like, fuck it, we're going to extend it. So this is Hispanic Horrors. So excited to oh, continue yeah. this month. This is a month that has been requested by Freddie and yourself. Yeah. And for those who don't know, as I mentioned in the previous episode, but for those who are brand new here, um, Freddie is Guatemalan and David, you're Salvadorian. Yes, I am. So this is a really, really super exciting month. I'm very excited for it. Um, honestly, we covered La Riona last week and it was... A blast. I'm sad I missed it. I am also sad you missed it because I, that was my second time watching that movie. It would have been my second time. It would have been your second time as well. Okay. Yeah. So, um, can't wait to listen. Yeah. Yeah. Not the curse of La Diona. Not the, not the, not that one. Oh. uh, Chavez film. It's this one. Wait. Yeah, the the from the Conjuring universe. It's not that one. Oh, this was completely separate. This oh, is never a mind. Exclusive. I messed up. Yeah, but it's okay. It's all right. I'm that would have been that. hilarious if you would have watched the. <laughs> that probably would have happened. Maybe it's a good thing I missed. No, I, it. I put on the spreadsheet that it was the Shutter exclusive. But if you wouldn't have checked it, then yeah, maybe. <laughs> but anyway, the movie that we are talking about this week is Terrified. First and foremost. Thoughts. You just literally watched it. I walked I was, in on you watching. Yes, it. <laughs> I was at the studio watching it with the Silent Night. True. Yes. And um, Prince walked in ten minutes. Ten minutes left on the clock. Um, I really enjoyed the first half of that movie. I agree. Yes. <laughs> um, man, I was telling Drew in front of the show that. The movie had me jumping, and usually, I mean, I'm so desensitized now. Yeah. That, uh, I don't jump from movies all that much anymore, and this movie, for some reason, had me jumping. You know, I didn't mention this earlier to you, but I, I told Drew I had to go to the bathroom before he got here. <laughs> and <laughs> I I remember you telling me that, oh, well, I thought you did, that there was a bathroom on the right side there of the is. office. Well, I went looking for it, <laughs> couldn't find it. it. And then I started getting freaked out because this movie is very scary right this off movie, the bat. This movie is pretty fun. And that's scary. what I enjoy about it. Uh, we get right into it. It gets really creepy real quick. It does and what... it starts not making sense. Yes. I agree. Yeah. But the reason why I say I enjoy the first half is because it does what I always 
longtime listeners will know, I love that it has you asking questions. Yes. It seems mysterious and it makes me want to find answers to those questions, but we don't get them. No, we do not get them. Um, and I think that's the point. Yeah. I think the point is for them to be like, this is a force stronger than you. That's and a very you good just, you perspective. You just have to yeah. face it kind of yeah. thing. Um, so like, I, I'm with you. I very much enjoy this movie for honestly a nice chunk of this movie until like the very twin last 20 minutes yeah, of this movie. It I'm just falls like, apart big like, time. What the fuck? Like everyone's dying, but they're technically not dead. And what the fuck? Wait, what was happening? Yeah. Like, so like it, it's, I don't know. It, I, I want it. I wanted this to be, I wanted those answers. Yeah. Exactly. Like I could have, I've could have handled an extra 30 minutes for them to kind of round this out to be like, is it a portal? Is it a being mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. what? What's happening? What, why is it magnetic? Like, I get the whole magnetic field thing if yeah. you're into paranormal um, or paranormal shit, I guess. But, like, I don't know. I still like this movie, though. Yeah, I think it's great for those that are looking for the scares and yeah. cohesive horror stories. Right. Um, because I would watch it again, even though I, I thought the story just fell apart completely. And I'm ultimately a story type of person. Yeah. Um, but I still had a good time watching it. It's definitely, I mean, when... I'm glad that Drew came along and tagged along with me to watch the second half because it was more enjoyable that way. This is something that's going to be more enjoyable to watch with someone. Yeah, I agree. Like, like with friends, this, this, this is definitely a really good like party movie. Yeah, in my opinion, even though you have to read, that's a. Uh, I mean, with subtitles and such, unless you speak Spanish. But this is also um, based in um, Argentina, so uh, it, it culturally, it's also a little different from probably what we would be used to in general, even if you were um, from Mexico or something like that as well. Like culturally, it's just going to feel different because it's a South American country and something like that. But um, with that aspect behind it, like I, I, I'm wondering if it's just a cultural thing that was the reason why we weren't able to really understand that, that ending um, or why we didn't get the answers. Maybe we did get the answers and just culturally we didn't understand it. That could be a really good point. Yeah. So like, I, I, I'm not sure. Um, and also, uh, the person who, uh, did the dubbing for this or the, not the dubbing, excuse me, the subtitles for this, um, the closed captioning was off. It was spotty. Yeah. It was definitely spotty in certain places. And I understand how hard closed captioning is as a profession in general. And those people just get jammed and crushed with a whole bunch of stuff to just fit all this stuff in and you have to listen like crazy. So I can understand that someone who did this probably was a one person team, didn't have anyone editing their work or something yeah, like that. That's a very good so, point to make. I, I I do appreciate one of the doctors is clearly not a native Spanish speaker because you could hear their accent. Yes. And they even use I think he's incre- from American. Yeah. From, from American. American. <laughs> from he's America. definitely from American. <laughs> he uh, is from American, I guess. Yes. Uh, His mother probably is an American. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah, I like that touch because even um even the subtitles go along with uh directly translate or subtitling his uh what he's saying his mistakes yeah and i love that that's that's actually really cool like when he's when he says i think uh cliche and he's like cliche and and they're like oh i mean nest (laughs) yeah or yeah he said it's a a niche a niche there you go they're like a niche and then he's like it's a nest yeah so it's uh it's interesting like seeing that aspect but yeah i think he was from the u.s i think that was what the whole thing was yeah like he's done multiple things like this in the u.s or something um, but the scares are fucking there. Yeah, they are. The scares and are there. It's interesting because like, you know, the visual effects 
not all that great, but it no, gets the job done. It gets it done. Very in, in, in and a very use, pr- they use the camera really nicely yeah. to kind of go around that too and yeah ways, so but uh yeah oh I think uh even though the effects have age the the creepiness of what you're seeing is almost kind of timeless because yeah. it's ultimately I think across many different cultures won't be seen as scary right yeah yeah <laughs> you everyone screams in the same language exactly <laughs> but let's go ahead and jump straight up into this terrified directed by damien uh, rugna released may 3rd 2018 with a runtime of one hour and 27 minutes no budget no box office found and a rating of 77 percent on rotten tomatoes and i agree with that rating i think that rating's fine i think that totally fits what this was for me yeah like, i'll take that this fits it uh, we open to a woman named Clara washing dishes, and right off the bat, you're, they just throw you into the scares. This is great. Mm-hmm. She's washing dishes, and she hears something in the drain. Now, it, as a listener, because I was trying, like whist- whistling. I was trying to listen for it. I couldn't hear it. Okay, but did you hear it on your end? I did. Okay, yeah, but I also did watch this with headphones. I did not. Yeah. Well, so, you know how I watch this. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I believe since I watched it with headphones, like she, she, there's like a whistling noise. It's funny because there's a shot of her leaning through and the shot is coming from the drain yeah, and she's trying to listen. And I was doing that towards the TV. Yeah. Like, am I hearing anything? <laughs> That's amazing. She moves her ear closer to the drain. The sounds of breaths are coming throughout. She pours water down the drain, leaving the remnant of a bubble moving up and down when it breathes. This is fucking cool. It's really cool. This looks really great. She backs away. Very Her, unique idea, too. Oh, extremely. Yeah. Extremely. Like, I, I think the the reason why this is such a harrowing experience <laughs> <laughs> is, is mainly because it, it feels like, like something's inside there. Mm-hmm. And the fact that, like, it's that breath that's happening. And I'm just picturing, like, a person literally underneath the drain just yeah just looking up yeah and yeah. i'm just like that's a scary thought even playing with the camera perspective of it seemingly coming from the drain you yeah. can envision that it's whatever is breathing is looking up at her right now this is very important though now the reason why i say this is very important because of how it's all connecting the water the water so all the pipes all the pipes are connected through the whole neighborhood which mm-hmm. is why they're all kind of staged that way but the real the reason why this is also really cool is the fact that this is kind of an anthology movie mm. like you get so many different perspectives of all these different haunts that are happening and then yeah. they just kind of intersect and connect yeah so it's very interesting her husband juan comes in telling her about a story about an accident that happened outside their house but she really isn't listening he's excited as as he continues um then ask if she is making dinner. Clara comments that she couldn't cook. Since it is early, he suggests ordering in. But she continues sharing that she heard voices in the kitchen. At the sink, Juan turns, his, turns on the faucet, trying to listen for voices inside the drain. Nothing. Clara explains that she heard, she heard it, listening to it all afternoon. He blames it on the pipes being old and her possibly hearing, hearing their neighbor through it. And this is another hint, hint of... Okay, their homes are connected through the pipes. Yeah. So they're all sharing this pipe system pretty much, which is normal for a a town in a city. Like I share pipes with my neighbors Mm -hmm. as well. And granted, we live in condos, but um, with that, yeah, we all share a connected pipe. Someone flushes the toilet right down the the block. You can hear it if you're walking past because of the pipe right there. So, yeah, it's it's. 
a super interesting way for things to be connected that way. He asks if their neighbor was fixing things. She doesn't answer him. He approaches her, telling her not to be afraid. Clotta commenting that it that it were human voices that came out of the drain. Juan asks, what did they say? With a shudder, she mentions that they, they were talking about killing her. Cut to the title shot. And it's fucking great. Yeah. This is like, the, like Can't go wrong with the red font on a black oh, background, especially with that. Goddamn. It's, yeah. it's so good. And, and I really love the whole concept of her being in this predicament and uh, the fact that it said, we're going to kill you. Title. Title. <laughs> it was just like, shit, okay, we're in it. Yep. Clara wakes up in the middle of the night, turning on the side lamp, and I assume she's getting ready for work. It's like five in the morning or something like that. Oh, good point, good point, yeah. yeah. Juan waking up as well, she gets up to go to the bathroom, Juan turning off her light to go back to sleep. With the shower on, Juan springs back up when he hears banging on the wall. Thinking that it is his neighbor, he bangs on the wall, assuming he f- is fixing something. The banging stops for a moment. He turns the light off to get comfortable again, but the banging continues. Turning the light back on, Juan takes a shoe, banging on the wall and shouting for him to stop. It stops briefly before continuing again um the uh, frustrated he gets up he gets up to head over to the neighbor's house juan goes over to the neighbor's house buzzing on his doorbell his neighbor walter presses the other end of the buzzer juan calling out to him uh there is a strange interference but he continues trying to get walter's attention thinking that it is him he's had enough screaming for him to stop banging on the wall shouting that it is 5 a.m and threatening to call the police if he continues there's a there's breathing on the intercom as he leaves right off the bat this is just giving some really good vibes here <laughs> this hits close to home for me because i have a new neighbor where this exact same thing happened, so I wonder if really, he, yeah, is if a monster. he's if he's actually getting banged into <laughs> <laughs> because I do not understand the stomps that come from our ceiling. Oh my god! Oh, he's above you, yeah, or they're above you. I don't know, yeah, but wow. So and it's like straight up, like throughout the entire night, it's like Seriously? he doesn't sleep. What's yeah. this dude's deal? If you're listening. Please stop. (laughs) Please stop, neighbor. Please. Back inside, Juan is speaking behind the bathroom door to his wife um, about Walter and his hammering. He hears the banging again, realizing that it's not coming from Walter's house, but in fact, his bathroom. Calling out to Clara, asking if, if that is her banging, but no answer. He opens the door to the bathroom. The wall's covered in blood. Clara floating in the air, being flung from wall to wall. What was your first impression when you saw this? I'm glad you asked. (laughs) (laughs) This fucked me up. (laughs) Um, You know, I'll say a couple things about this. This hits very differently now that I live with my significant other. Fair enough. Because I put myself into his shoes. His shoes and the his acting is amazing. Oh, it's fucking impeccable. The, The way he invokes shock. Yeah, he's just standing there. He's playing with his hands. Right. He's confused. He doesn't know how to process any of this. And it's just really sad yeah. to watch. And how he screams, stop. Yeah. Like, oh, my, oh God. my God. Like the, the way he's screaming for her to stop yeah. is just so intense. Not only that, but it's disturbing, right? It's like, very. It's such a good touch of like the oh, reveal being that it was her banging. Dying. Against the wall, floating. And I, I think we can... If, if you've watched the movie, you can find out that she's being carried or thrown left right. and right. Um, but man, that's disturbing. Yeah. And this scene. I've is, never seen anything quite like it. Yeah. Again, very unique. Yeah. 
worth makes it worth watching because of the unique takes of what they're trying to do here. The way that they have the scares in this movie is beyond me. Yeah. Like it, it, wow. It's absolutely incredible. In shock, as he watches his wife smack into the wall, he runs over to her, shouting for her to stop, but her body continues being flung harder and harder, grabbing her to stop her from being flung again, her head now hitting the wall repeatedly. Jesus. Screaming for her to stop and wondering what's happening as her body continues to smack viciously into the wall. Fuck. Oh, fuck. God. Like, it's brutal. This is so brutal and to the point where he's just like he just stops. His acting is phenomenal. Yeah. And like that match cut. Yeah. Match cut to Juan sitting in front in front of three people, Rosentalk, Jano uh, and Dr. Mora Albrecht. Jano mentions that they believe him, but they need him to cooperate with them for a bit. Juan asks if they spoke with his lawyer, they did, but they didn't seem that he that um they didn't seem to believe them as much. Albrick pulls pulls out photos of uh, people brutally killed. Juan pushes them back toward them, claiming that he's seen these already. She gives them back to him, knowing that he hasn't seen them before. Now, why would you do that? This man just traumatically lost his wife, and all of a sudden, no, look at these other people who were killed like your wife. Like, (laughs) what the fuck, dude? When when people are in the prison system, or if he is in the prison system, they just... Have no empathy or don't care. Right, but that's that's the funny part. None of these people work for the prison. Well, that's what I'm saying. Even if like you're just interacting or coming to visit or you know yeah. you need something from them, it's they're just a, a, a right. needs to an end. Now I found out a later end, uh, of me reading on Wikipedia that this is actually technically not a prison that oh. he's in or an interrogation room. Um, it's it's so, a psychiatric. That's board. what I was going to bring up. Yeah. So. Um, which makes total sense because you totally may need some psychiatric yeah. help after that. <laughs> Jono knows that he didn't murder his wife, but they don't have proof, but, um, and they're still working on it. Albrecht asks him to look at the pictures again. He does, inspecting one of the women whose neck is slightly slit. Juan mentioning that it isn't his wife. She shares that it happened in 1998 in the U.S., it being almost identical to his case. He asks if it has been solved. Rosentalk asks... Uh, asked him to remember everything that happened that night with his wife's death. Juan already told the prosecutor, but he continues asking him to remember those two weeks in his... um, Excuse me. He asked him to remember those two weeks of his neighbor, asking if if anything out of the ordinary happened. Juan thinks for a bit, commenting about an accident that happened outside his house. Then his neighbor, Walter, was upset while remodeling his house at odd hours. The three are intrigued by him remodeling his home, they uh, know who Juan is speaking of. Then we just cut to Walter. And with this cut to Walter, it's really interesting for, for me personally um, because Walter's in like crazy distress mm-hmm. and he's been trying to contact this lady, Albrick. Mm-hmm. And obviously he's having these hauntings and things like that and he's just like, yo, I can't sleep. Showing the clear signs. Right. Eye bags, jitteriness, the jitteriness. Whole- yeah. Uh, at first, ang- I did think this was um, Juan. In the oh, did you? At first. Um, just because it was it was such a kind of an odd cut. Yeah. But I assume the way that this is working is this is us now kind of just jumping back in time. Because mm-hmm. we see Clara later. later yeah. Um, and and you also like see Juan. Right. Um, and I think that's the moment where you can solidify that it is a ch- time jump. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. 
Cut to Walter sitting at his desk trying to call Albrecht. The, w- the woman on the phone tells him that she can't come come to the phone at the moment, asking to take down a message. He he needs to speak to he needs to speak with her directly, but shares that he's been having issues at home for a month for months. The activity gets worse, but he finds it hard to to explain. The woman asks who gave him this number. Walter answers that he spoke with the with many specialists that gave him this number. She tells him to call back tomorrow. He agrees, asking if she could tell um, Albrecht that he called, but she hangs up on him. It's like, damn, this man's in distress. Yeah, it's 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 eerie. It, it felt like something was paranormal about the other person on the phone. To me. It was odd. Yeah, it definitely was odd. At Walter's house, he is frantically checking underneath his bed. And I already love this. Mm-hmm. I love this because this is now how you're kind of getting this smooth transition of it being pretty much an anthology movie because we're getting now Walter's story. We got Juan's very quick succession of a story. Mm-hmm. And now with Walter, we're kind of getting a, a, a nice trail of like what's all happening. And we find out later that Walter's house is like the the beacon, the nest, mm-hmm. if you will. He gets out of bed, the blanket covering underneath portion, oh my gosh, covering a portion of his bed. Inside the bathroom, he takes a couple of pills, then splashes some water on his face. Um, I, once again, Love the attention to detail here with water. And he takes a sip. Very good call out. Which I think the sip possesses him. Oh. Which is why we don't see him later. And oh. which is why he gets more and more angry. That makes a lot more sense. So I think that's I think that's what's going on. Because we it, what makes me think that is what happens later with the little boy when he drinks from his faucet. So w- We'll we'll get oh, there. We'll get, I see now. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. okay so you're opening uh, my eyes. Yeah. So I, I think that's what's going on here. Um, he goes back to he he goes back to moving his his covers so he can get inside the bed sliding on its own. I love this. I do too. Used to the portion of activity, he still decides to just lie down. Like <laughs> I I really love this because I I think about moments like this right when I think about like paranormal activity or hauntings and I think about people that experience them I think there must be people because I always I always imagine if I encounter this I'm just gonna like pretend like it's not even there <laughs> and this is what I always had imagined for myself is that yeah. like my bed would move around and be like oh I'm gonna take an extra step <laughs> but it's so funny because like you said he's just used to it he's just used to it like, like he's like, used what are you to gonna certain- do right there's a, there's actually this reminds me of a great YouTube channel, I think it's called Carmel Hauntings or something like that. Where it's Carmel, California? Yeah. It's this guy who lives in Carmel and Carmel by the sea. And where he posts these videos of his house and there's just these crazy hauntings that happen. Like one in particular is one that happens during the day where it's in his bedroom and it's actually and it to this day, like it it's probably fake, but it looks really good. <laughs> uh, but there's a, a motion where, or a video where he goes into his bedroom and there's something in his window. But like his shades are down and it's like behind the shades. Oh. And it's just stuck. And then it drops down underneath his bed. Oh. It is so creepy. 
And I uh, look that up. Yeah, it, it, it's crazy. I'll show you guys too uh, once we're done too, because this is it, it's fucking nuts. Uh, he goes back to move in his covers um, so he can get inside the bed, sliding on its. Oh, excuse me, I read that already. He is startled awake when he realizes that his bed is moving. It continued to move while he's on top. He checks underneath the bed. He doesn't notice anything. The cap, the creature underneath his bed, sliding outward as Walter sits back up. This is fucking great. Yeah, because the the fact that the, how the camera slightly moves Ugh. up and you can see it starting to move into position, terrifying. It is so great. His he lies back down. The creature more exposed, folded underneath the bed. It looks like his leg is just broken. Like oh my god. Yeah, it's like all. Uh, it's gross. Yeah, I don't it, even it's, know how to it's it. nuts. It's gross. Uh, he lies back down. The creature more exposed, folded underneath the bed. The light switch is off next to him. He tries to turn it back on, but it won't come on. Grabbing the cord underneath the bed, he plugs it back in. Now, I do like the fact that they didn't allow us to have a jump scare from this moment until... Because what we assume what was going to happen, it's going to grab his hand. Mm-hmm. And that's what we assumed was going to happen. But it just wanted to leave. Yeah. It just wanted to get under, get out of the bed. It was It needed to stretch. <laughs> yeah. It just needed to stretch. The legs of the creature standing on the other side of the room are running out of the room when the light cuts back on. Walter stays in bed, covering himself underneath his covers, praying. The creature stumps into the room, moving faster and faster as it whistles. The same whistle that Clotta hears in her sink. A shadow of a hand moving over the blanket. That Cut today. This looks great. Yeah. This looks great. Like the, the shadow over the hand, how he's praying, and I feel his fear. Yeah. It, it translates very well. <laughs> I feel his fear. Cut today. Walter wakes up from creaking noises um, that are next to him. He fully wakes up, his furniture surrounding him. Back to him calling for Albrecht in his office, complaining about not being able to sleep for weeks and to tell tell the uh Tell him, or excuse me, tell Albrecht that he's seen it, not just heard it. The woman on the line mentions that Albrecht won't be able to take his case. What? Yeah. You told me to fucking call tomorrow. This is tomorrow. This is why I felt odd about whoever was on the other end of the phone line, because it seemed, it didn't seem human-like. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe like the the creature or the demon or whatever that is, is like speaking to him instead. Uh, yeah. The line. I mean, I feel like now... That I've seen the movie, I I do think it's human, I do uh, human, but like it just something seems so off that it didn't right. even make sense. Well, it makes it it makes sense when we think about it of how like Albrecht works now, yeah. like how the types of cases she takes, and she only takes cases that are foolproof, mm-hmm. and like you need to show me proof, so I'm not wasting my time. I don't want to find the proof for you. I want to see proof. Then I want to get extra answers that's the, that's the interesting part to me though is that this man is saying he has proof but denying the he's being denied the opportunity to show the proof right and i think it was the fact that he just said he's seen it though, yeah right he's in recording yet but it's like hey let me get an email right let me, let me, <laughs> something let me, let me send me you sms something. message you <laughs> <laughs> please he's upset quietly begging her her uh since it is urgent and he feels like he's going crazy she offers to recommend him to another specialist but walter believes for for albrick um to be the only person to help him offering that he can pay and that he's willing to do whatever it takes she comments that albrick doesn't take cases without analyzing proofs personally he wonders how he can provide proof without it being seen 
His conversation continues as he walks back home, two little boys playing soccer in the street. Juan approaches Walter as he's staring at his own house. Juan asks him what's going on with his house. Walter doesn't understand. Juan noticing that walls are cracking in between their shared wall. He blames it on renovations that he's fixing up the house. Juan upset points out that it's a crack on the entire wall. And I love how that crack just gets larger and larger and yeah, larger. it's intense. Oh my gosh. Walter is inside his house pulling out her camcorder for proof. Later that night, he sets up the camera, pointed at his bed. He lies down, uh, staring at the camera for a moment before the lights cut off in his room. Showtime. Like, let's go. <laughs> it's showtime. Uh, he's slightly startled, but chooses to continue lying there. Eventually falling asleep, he is awoken by something falling. The camera is on the ground, but the shadow of the creature is cast on the wall. He tries to turn the light on, but it's unplugged again. Plugging it back in, the light. I w- at that point, I would have done two things. I would have gotten the camcorder. Yeah. I would have gotten a fucking extender. <laughs> like, dude, I would have extended that shit to where it's in my bed. Yep. If, it, like, you unplug it. Or whatever. I mean, granted, yeah, you can unplug that as well, the extension. Yeah, but true. Come on. Yeah. Come on, man. Something. Like, we got to figure something out. This, I would have plugged it into the other side of the wall. This or man is like not that. prepared for anything. He goes to bed wearing jeans. That's true. <laughs> like, he, I assumed he was wearing all his clothes that he was like, fuck, if I got to run, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> He's got his shoes on and everything. <laughs> he got everything on. Plugging it back in, the light comes on, creaking noises surrounding him. Walter picks up the camera, looking back at the footage of a tall, naked man watching him as he sleeps. It's always so terrifying when it, they're naked. It's scary. You know, I I I don't want a naked man staring at me while I sleep. <laughs> <laughs> it's something about them just being naked, even if they don't do anything. That's terrifying. It's scary. Like I, I don't want. Please don't. Like, <laughs> like, oh my god. <laughs> what are your intentions, sir? <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> Get that thing out of my face. <laughs> the, na- <laughs> the naked man <laughs> goes inside his wardrobe, standing right in front of it. Walter sits at the camera down, grabbing a gun from the other room. Uh, the light burst out. I actually really like this. I like the way this is shot where the camera stays pointed at the camcorder and the camcorder's in focus and we can see Juan grabbing the gun and it's in, and he's in focus on his own camcorder. Yeah. I really like that shot. The light burst out behind him. He points the gun at the wardrobe. Slowly approaching it and forcing the doors open, nothing inside. He violently pushes his clothes out of the way before turning around and closing it back. Picking up the camera to inspect the footage once again, whispering the question, who are you? <laughs> now this is, this is, I would not have turned my back to that fucking wardrobe. Exactly. And it's a rookie move. I'm not gonna lie. This dude came out of the wardrobe loud as fuck. <laughs> what the fuck, dude? Yeah, he did. Like, you, he came out so loud, and you're just like, you're just staring down and still at the, you're so, like, I don't know. I, I don't agree. Know. Noticing that the man initially came from underneath his bed, while Walter is looking at the footage, his wardrobe opens back up. The man slowly coming out of it, Walter seeing his reflection through his gut. <laughs> I don't like this scene, I, though. Yeah. That was I hate, a stretch. I don't like this scene where it's just like like seeing it through the gun, him screaming. Yeah. Like it, it, this this one felt a little forced. I had to, to agree with you. 
The man places his hand on the gun, Walter shrieking in pain alongside the loud static noise. The boys kick... Now, this is where it gets awesome, though. The boys <laughs> kick the ball over to the, uh, Walter's yard. One of them goes over to get it. Since it is by a water faucet, he decides to take a drink from it. That's that mm-hmm. moment. That is that moment. Now, this... This moment is very important because I feel like this is how... And the reason why I think of this, the water being the whole catalyst to everything, is what Dr. Albrecht says to um, the detective. I'm blanking on his name right now. What is his name? Is it Fumis? Uh, Yes, Funis. Um, But what she says to him, where it's just like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't drink the tap or I wouldn't, I wouldn't. I think she said, I wouldn't use the tap like at all. Yeah, she was just like, have you used the tap water at all? Yeah. Nonchalantly, like. And she's like, yeah, I wouldn't do that. Yeah, it's it's weird. Like, uh, uh, those doctors were odd in... Didn't share research. shit with this yeah, man. Yeah, like, they just wanted him there. Yeah, and he was just like, for what? And he's like, I gotta go. Like, well, yeah, he's like, <laughs> <laughs> Fucking poor guy. <laughs> Behind a still window, Walter bangs on it, yelling for the boy to get away and to not drink the water from that. Uh, to not drink water from there. Now, at this point, I do think he's starting to get possessed. Not the boy, but walter yeah at this moment but i think walter's still slightly there because i think this is still genuine like because walter's just like yo fucking get out of here like it's, shit's fucked up around here it's odd because we don't see other characters um succumb to anything the way walter does everyone right. else just dies right or i guess we do see um i mean well this kid like, <laughs> uh, that's a really good point yeah so like walter technically doesn't die and, like and this guess- is the last time we see him I guess I, but, I mean maybe maybe he is dead and he well he was in the wall as we come to learn later well yeah because what I'm because I'm I'm thinking we don't see him here so there may be a reason because it's hiding his right what he's actually looking like now after the incident yeah some great glow and eye action in this yeah, in this movie though not gonna lie banging and screaming for him to get away and and. Uh, it being for his own good, the boy backs away while looking at the window. A bus coming bar- uh, comes barreling down the road, hitting the boy. It looks real. This does look real. That looked terrifying. Like you even see the body being dragged as it moves to the it's left fucked. of the screen. Yeah, it's fucked. And later, the fucking bus driver runs away. Yeah, bro. I was like, well, would I do that? <laughs> like, oh, fuck, dude. Meanwhile, Juan is filling up uh, the cracked wall inside his house until he hears screaming coming from outside. Clotter comes into the room trying to see what's going on. He heads into the window, commenting that there has been an accident. He runs outside, the boy's friend approaching his lifeless body. The the bus driver um, just fucking dips. Just gets out of there. And Juan's screaming for the dead mother's the dead boy's mother, Alicia, banging on her door, screaming for her. Cut to them washing away the boy's blood from the street. Fuck. Okay. Yeah, damn. God damn. That 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 alone is just like sad. Yeah. That's a lot of blood though. That is a lot of blood. I mean, that bus hit the fuck out of that kid. Yeah. That was like the only car that's ever driven down that street. No, that's a really good point. Yeah, that's a really good point. <laughs> Everybody else, like, I mean, granted, sure, people park their cars, but, like, that's the only one you see. Alicia being assisted back to her home after the funeral. Juan looking back at Walter's place before Clara goes back over to him. Jano gets a call from the commissioner, Funis, in the uh, middle of the night. He apologizes for the time, but it is important, sharing that a 10-year-old boy died outside his house four days ago, thinking that it'd be a good idea to get some get some help from uh, from Jano. Jano agrees. Funis has a unit um, headed, headed to him to 
in the next hour. Back with Alicia smoking a cigarette inside her kitchen as she boils a pot of tea, she hears thumping on, her, on a window. She doesn't make anything of it right away. She moves to the door, asking who is there. While checking, there are muddy foot and handprints on the doorstep and door. Jana was driving with the, with the unit to meet Funis. The driver uncomfortable as they continue toward the street. Love this. Driver's already fucking terrified. Yeah. He's like, um, I'm just dropping you off, bro. Like, I, I, <laughs> I don't want to be here right now. What did you think when you first saw the footsteps? Oh, my God. Um... So my my first reaction was like, is he back? Yeah, because like like we're 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 seeing some pretty intense paranormal shit so far. Mm-hmm. And my first initial gut reaction is just like, fuck, is that kid back? Like, did he just walk from the cemetery? It's very confusing too because it's like, why the kid? Yeah, you know. And I think why is because of the water. Yeah, and that's that's why the first uh, half of this movie is so great because you want. You those want those answers answered. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you want those answers. Uh, once uh, once arrived, Jano gets out of gets out to greet Funes standing in front of Alicia's house. He asks if it if it is inside. Funes motioning his head for them to go inside. And I actually do like the the attention to detail here because the footprints are going up the wall. Yeah, I'm just like, oh my god, this fucking kid like trying to get in through the windows upstairs. Like, what's happening here? What was the point of him doing this? It's odd. Well, I guess because. Doesn't the doorbell eventually? How does how does Alicia go to the front door again? Uh, it was a bang. Got it. Yeah. Oh yeah, because she goes and opens the door, but she doesn't see anything. Right. That's where you see his footprints are right yeah, there. Because I think the looking at the path of dirt or blood, or whatever. I, oh, actually, I guess it's dirt. Um, you see the door handle covered in dirt. Yes. Then you see the footsteps and the handprints going up the wall. Right. So that makes sense. He asks Jano if if anything scares him. Jano shrugs that uh, 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 that they will see as they head inside his house or inside her house. Alicia is sitting with Officer um, Pick Pick uh, whatever she's sitting with an officer who was patrolling. This officer doesn't matter who was patrolling the area and saw the door open. Alicia sitting in the in the state ever since. And officer asks if they can if they can wait outside. Funes and I'm like. Funes allowing them to leave out Jano realizing that they are scared Funes agreeing that they have a reason to be Jano inspects his surroundings Funes sharing that the boy died four days ago and he went to the went to his funeral and wake asking if he understands Jano nods as he continues staring at Alicia Jano looks at the ground behind him noticing the muddy footprints leading to the dining room the decaying boy is sitting is sitting at the table with a bowl of cereal and milk so a couple of things here. This is fucking great. It is. Like, I he looks incredible. I think this is what I'm seeing, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's a really great touch with Alicia. She has, like, dirt on her cheeks, mm-hmm. so it insinuates that she, like, hugged, hugged him. him or something. And also, with him sitting at the table, terrifying, great shot, great symmetry in the shot, um, but very much like a mother to have her little boy come home and be like, let me put your cereal out like I always do with the yep. glass on there and you pour it in when you're ready, right? It's fucking great. Yeah. And and you get this whole motion of like, is he going to move? Like, are we going to see him move? Yeah. And we never see him move. We do see him move. We we see him move spots when we're not looking. Yeah. <laughs> but like, other than that, like, we don't see him technically move. If we see him move in the, after the morning has passed. Do we? Yeah, because his friend. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah that's right. Starts, yeah, he, he looks at him. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Um, but, and I guess maybe the door, but I don't count that. 
Yeah. Like him standing in the doorway. I don't count that. Don't count that. But, yeah. But yeah, you're right. Yeah. We do see him uh, move there. But like that whole time when he's sitting there, you're just like, fuck. And it's so uncomfortable and they're there for a long time. Yeah. And it plays with you where he's still pretty in focus behind the shot. Excuse me. And you, you can't help but stare at him and try to see if like his mouth moves or yeah. he has a little twitch or something or a hand movement. It really plays with you. I fucking love this scene. Yeah. This too. is a great scene. Yeah. This is really good. John o wonders if, if this is the boy. Funus is like, no shit. Like, what the fuck? Funus <laughs> like, <laughs> shared that the, the officers claimed that they saw they saw him move, swearing that he's he might have saw him move as well. Jano approaches the boy, inspecting him, noticing the grime covering the boy's body. He takes the spoon of milk, um, checking to see if, excuse me, he takes the spoon out of the milk, checking to see if he, if he's breathing. Funus, this is actually really smart. Of how, like, he's just like, mm, you still alive? I was wondering <laughs> what he did with the spoon. It's yeah. a good call out. Um, Fune is commenting that he smells like it is. Um, he is rotting. Jano agreeing. Funus wonders if Felicia, if Felicia schemed the whole thing. Jano points out that that points out his hands being torn, suggesting that he scratched out his his way out of the dirt. Jano goes back to Funus, sharing that there there are many cases of unearthing corpses by relatives, not being able to handle their loved ones being gone, making them crazy enough to steal their bodies. Jano uh, suggests they should check Alicia's clothes. Perhaps they, fu- they will find traces of infection or cad- cadaverous matter. Funus comments that, he, um, that he's hesitating. Jano agreeing, knowing that this isn't one of those cases, but this is the explanation that he can give. I was just like, damn, dude, you setting her up? Yeah. That's fucked up. I think it's a, a great call out earlier that Funes was like, you're not afraid of anything, huh? Yeah. And he was like, yeah, no. Yeah, he was like, <laughs> he's so really. nonchalant about everything. To the bitter end. Yeah. He turns, he turns off the light, but continues allowing Funus to use this as an explanation. He wonders if Funus knows Alicia, and he does, sharing that they had a really nice relationship for many years. The glass of milk spills over the table, Jeannel turning the light back on. Inspecting the body, Funus asking if his arm was in the same position. Jeannel thinking that it was, asking if they took pictures. I love this, because it makes you as an audience member, like, I need to go back to see if the hand was in the fucking position. Did you go back? I did go back. Did the hand move? It looks sort of the same to me. Yeah, so I didn't go back, but um, I very much thought that it it, it looks like you just can't know. Tell. Yeah, right. Yeah, like like it, it could have been slightly. Yeah. Like, and I'm trying to inspect this child like these <laughs> people are inspecting him, but I'm just like, I don't know. I cannot tell. And I love the moment where it happens where it's after uh, the detective reveals that, like, yeah, I had a relationship with uh, this woman. Yeah. Do you think this mother. was his son? I I don't th- think I don't think so. That. No, I don't think it is because like the way he reacts, um, but it could just be like a like a mystery love child or something. I wonder because I think um, we would have gotten that reveal from the mother later on in the film. Yeah, um, I mean, it felt sort of like that though, like this relationship they had. I wonder. That's a that's a good theory. Um, they did say I didn't just realize they do say many years, a couple years, yeah, yeah. many years. But this kid's probably like. What, what, probably like six, 10 or seven? Oh, okay. I, I think he looks like well, no you might be right because his friend looks really young yeah they're so, like yeah, he might be six or seven yeah maybe like oldest eight yeah for sure but many I years mean, many yeah. years I don't know like where's his daddy don't know so there you go they haven't 
um, Jono thinking that this could be a good thing and they shouldn't do anything. Funus doesn't understand Jono thinking, um, thinking it would be best if they buried him again. Funus thinks he's crazy, but Jono goes over the scenarios on how bad this can look if and uh, how Alicia could end up. Her, her possibly staying inside of an asylum for years and they should find a way to avoid that. I do like that I was just like, I don't want to blame this on your friend, so we're going to act like this never happened. Yeah. And we're going to put him back. Yeah. Funus wonders what they, what, uh, what do they tell people? John chalks it up to postmortem spasms caused by gas. The body being in a state of decom- decomposition then suggests getting injectable volume, wanting Leisha to be asleep when they take her boy. Before Funus leaves, he asks for him not to turn the light back off again. Fair fuck enough. <laughs> Jono gets gets close to the boy's face, whispering whispering him questions on what happened to him, why did he decide to visit them, and what brought them back. Later in the morning, Jono leaves. He's like, water! Jono, later in the morning, Jono leaves out of the house seeing Albrecht uh, take pictures of Walter's house. Back inside, Alicia emotionally speaks on needing to call her sister. Wanting to tell the, tell, uh, the priest that... Wanting to tell the priest and that she doesn't want anyone to take her child away. Meanwhile, Jano continues looking over at Albrecht uh, before getting a better look. Funus opens the window, motioning at his watch. Jano goes across the street, asking Albrecht if he knows her. She stops taking pictures, turning around as she continues his questions, asking if she is um, Mata Albrecht. She confirms, asking who he is. He is a little stru- starstruck that he is in, he is meeting her in person, then introducing himself that uh, he's attended several of her conferences on the paranormal. This is cute. Like, it kind of felt like he was kind of flirting a little bit. <laughs> I like, think he's definitely um, looks up to her. He does. Yeah. Yeah, he does. Like, like I study all your shit. Like, yeah. I, you know, I help cops because of you. Like, <laughs> like you know, he asks, what is, what is she looking for? She grabs a piece of mail asking if this is the correct address. It is. She uh, calls it strange when she presses the intercom and someone picks up, but doesn't speak. Adding that Walter doesn't answer the phone. And if Jono uh, knows him um, and has seen him lately, he comments that he, he uh, doesn't. And that he doesn't live there either, calling it a coincidence. He asks for her to come with him, claiming that he will show her something interesting. I'm just like, bro, I just met you. <laughs> like, I'm not going anywhere with you. I need proof. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now she'll go. Now she'll head on over. Just like, come on, let me show you something. When before I was like, we can't help you. Yeah, we can't help you. <laughs> Sorry. You need proof. They walk over to Alicia's house. And it's kind of fucked up that she's like too little, too late for Walter. Totally. I agree. They walk over to Alicia's house. Funa's coming outside. Jano introducing them. He grabs Jano to speak with him for a moment, pulling him aside, asking if he called her. Jano tells him no, that it was just a coincidence. Funa's Funa's telling him that they won't be able to move him because of the time, and that they are there are people around who will see them. Jano doesn't understand why. Funa's explaining that there are too many people around who will see them with the kid. Albrecht is taking pictures of the hand and footprints on the walls, zooming as as they continue speaking. Funa's uh, Funa's notice. Funus notices that she's taking pictures, shouting for her to stop. Um, Jano assuring her, assuring him that she knows what she's doing, and for him to uh, to trust him. He's like, "You just met her. Mm-hmm. I, I watched you. I, I, what do you mean?" <laughs> I agree. I think it uh, kind of starts falling apart here, but um, I guess you can try to um, back it up by saying that, like, you know, 
he is within the same industry. He's very familiar with her work and she's prolific, so on. But facts. Who knows? That's true. No, I mean, that makes sense. It, it does make sense for them, like sharing a profession or mm-hmm. sharing the same interests. I don't know if yeah. you can call this a profession. I don't know how you make money by catching ghosts. I don't know. But uh, I mean, they're doctors. They are. Yeah, they are doctors. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know what you, what the line is for them to have this particular trust besides a coincidence. Yeah. So true. Funis reminds him of his health issues and that he will uh, be retiring soon, adding that he has a clean record, letting Jano know that this this can damage it. You're retiring. Who the fuck cares? <laughs> like, well, like, bro, you're getting a pension. Like, yeah. do your thing. Well, actually, I don't know if you're getting a pension. I don't know if that's the same thing in Argentina or not. I don't know. That's a good, yeah, a good point. <laughs> Jano knows that, uh, knows that it is right to involve Outbreak, but Funis shares that Alicia's friends are coming over f- to have tea, yet the boy is still there. Y'all didn't call her friends and be like, Alicia's not feeling well? Like, what? It seems like this all happened within like a couple hours right before the sun came up. It had to have, right? Yeah. Yeah. Jano shares that he hasn't slept and that he's nervous, asking him to uh, take the cops, uh, take the cops away. And Jano's telling this to uh, Funes. He's saying like, you haven't slept. Like, you know, go... Take some time. Um, then go to the cemetery and sort out the burial, leaving him with leaving him an outbreak with Felicia to figure out a solution. He instructs him to send the, the patrol out of the area before people start suspecting things. He goes back over to outbreak. She asks, uh, what is he hiding? Pointing at the prince, asking if, if he saw that. Funis goes inside, goes inside to get his officers, leaving for a few hours, asking if they are doing everything right. Jano says that they are also needing two bags of cement. Funis doesn't understand why. Jano rhetoric, uh, rhetorically asking if he wants the boy to come out of the grave again. I mean... He's seen this before. Right. Yeah. It's just like, damn, dude, you are way too calm. Like, you are he's way too all. calm. Yeah. In his he, old age, he's And you've seen done it all. it all. Yeah. Like, you, who'd you kill? <laughs> who'd you cement block? Jano and Albrecht enter the house. Alicia asleep on the couch. Albrecht comments on smelling dead um, rather than rotten. And I thought that was interesting. It's a good touch. Yeah, that was that was a really good touch. I, I thought that was really interesting. He understands what she means, allowing her to follow him into the dining room. She stops when she spots the decaying boy at the head of the table. They leave out of the room, Jano sitting down and requesting her to take a message from our sponsors. And we're back. They leave out of the room. Jano sitting down, requesting her to sit. She does so. She he shares that he has worked uh, with the forensics department for fifteen years with Funis, performing autopsies. Then he um then I wrote that horribly wrong. Performing autopsies um and a corpse of a twenty year old with fourteen bullet holes in his head. Whew. That's a lot of holes. Yeah, fourteen in the head. Jesus, not having a choice but to remove his face which then allowed him to inspect his skull for five hours. It's a long time. It's intense. Yeah. But suddenly the man grabbed his arm, squeezing it and opening his eyes, looking at him. You removed that man's face. And he was mad. And he was upset. (laughs) But what doesn't make sense is you removed his face. He ain't got no eyelids anymore. Oh. His eyes were already open. (laughs) (laughs) She's asking for clarity on the man waking up. He nods, chopping it up to stress, but it happened again with with an old man. 
He was dead for two days when he woke up and spoke to Jano. He continues that he con- he contacted his family when they arrived at the morgue. He wasn't responsive anymore. Yet, these things seem to happen when people meddle with things that aren't from this world. He thinks that they should let l- let these things go sometimes, spending less attention. Uh, yeah. Don't fuck with that. Yeah. Just, just let it be. Let it... You see something, you didn't see it. But then we wouldn't have all these horror stories. Factoids. Factoids. Abrick repeats a bit of his story, believing... <laughs> I can't get over the naked man standing there. <laughs> what are your intentions, sir? <laughs> Seriously, what are you doing? Abrick <laughs> repeats a bit of his story, believing that she may uh, have read his book, considering the cover to be very well made, but the book sucked. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Great cover. Your book sucks. <laughs> Cut to the boy who was uh, cuts to the boy of of the dead friend, and I think the boy's name is Patricio. Um, sneaking into his backyard, he grabs some toys out of the pool, then spots his decaying friend through a window. Great. That sucks. That's that just kid is scarred for life. Yeah, exactly <laughs> what I thought. Man. How traumatizing. He proceeds to knock on the window. The boy's head turning to look at him slow, like. Hella slow. Yeah. Like, oh, fuck. Like, my muscles in my body don't work anymore, so let me just move my bones. Yeah. It's, it is so eerily good. Yeah. Like, this is, the scares in this movie are just so fucking top tier. I I love that this is the moment that we finally see him move because, you know, maybe we would have saw something if um, we saw the body and the mother in the same room, but we saw... I 100% believe he moves with the mom, for sure. Yeah, same here. Definitely believe that. And with his best friend. Right. Because he trusts them. Yeah. Right? So, back with Jano and Albrecht, she's showing him photos of Walter's experience. He He isn't sure they are real, but she knows they are real, not wasting her time if she had her doubts. He feels this to be be too coincidental, but she doesn't, she doesn't think that it may be a coincidence at all. Hmm. Who would have thunk it? Fate, some call Fate, it. destiny. We were meant to ghost bust. <laughs> <laughs> they are, I feel like this is literally what this movie is. Yeah. This movie is Ghostbusters. But in Argentina. Right, in Argentina and a definitely very serious version of Ghostbusters. Yeah. They are startled by, by the boy screaming for his mom in the dining room. They run into the room, nobody else except for the decaying boy. The doors open, but they notice a new wet footprints and the boy's feet are also wet with mud underneath the table. Jano picks up a backpack. Albrecht agrees. He's fast when he wants to be, though. Mm-hmm. Like, boy. He, like, what, pushed his friend out of the, the window or the door and yeah, I'm confused ran back? on what he... What are did to his friend <laughs> yeah. but i'm just wondering like why did he push him out i don't know i don't I don't know what it was i i, I don't drink the water maybe <laughs> yeah like i don't know what what the whole ordeal was and why did no one clean up the milk but i don't know what the whole <laughs> ordeal was like and i don't know why like maybe the only thing i could assume is that he this was all set up in order for alicia to see what Jano and Funis's actual plan was was to actually take her son away. I wonder. And maybe he was just like, they're going to take me away. And he knew because they had the damn near the whole discussion there. Yeah. But like, I, I think he knew that they were going to take him back or something. I don't fucking know. But like, I, I can only assume that's what happened. Yeah. But 
once again another plot hole as to why is this That's boy recording yeah. why like what's going on here so yeah they are startled by the boy screaming for his mom in the dining room they um they run into the, oh did i read this part already um, my apologies. Jono uh, picks up the backpack, Albert Green, about the boys. Uh, the boy, excuse me, the body needs to be removed. A notebook with the name Patricio Navarro. Someone is filming Albert and Jono on on their phone, watching them place the the body of the boy inside the freezer that's outside. They close up the fridge. He comments about nobody believing this story as. Um, as we see the boy's friend is the one who's actually recording. Jono places a plant on top of it for safe measures. I thought this was funny because she's <laughs> like, she's like, what are you doing? And he's like just to be sure. Yeah. <laughs> Funes knocks on the door. Jano lets him in. He comments about Alicia still being asleep. Jano uh, wanting to act fast since it um, will wear off soon. Funes mentions the, the cemetery issue being solved and Jano shares that they they had to move him into a freezer. Outside, Funes goes, uh, goes to listen in the freezer asking Jano to unplug the freezer. A little boy is crying from inside. Whoa. This was the moment I jumped. The, oh, the yeah. bang. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was like, oh, man, he's crying. That's really creepy. Boom. Yeah, my God. <laughs> then a bang on, then a bang from inside the freezer, causing them all to step back. Giano mentions that they have to take the whole freezer, Albert adding that he needs to work, he needs to work with them in order for this to not um, happen again. Cut back to Giano, Albert, and Rosendock speaking with Juan. They are asking him to sign some papers in order to continue moving forward with the case. Albert pulling out the papers uh, them needing to stay at his place for a few days. I wouldn't have done that. And it sounds like they only got a few hours. <laughs> if that. Juan asked for for what? She answers to continue the investigation and many paranormal uh, events have happened in the same area. His house being the one that is also affected. Adding that his neighbors have already accepted and they need his last approval. It's, it's funny because it's like you say neighbors, but I mean, uh, what was his name? Walter. He definitely didn't agree. That's a very good point. He wasn't around to agree. There was one neighbor. And Alicia probably didn't either. Probably not. I yeah. think they just said that shit to just get to get his approval. Yeah, I think you're right. So Juan signs it, still wondering what uh, what is all of this for? Actually, no, I, I think for sure Alicia didn't sign it because when she comes back, and like yeah she's just staying with her like friend or her sisters or whatever and yeah she's like she's looking like, inside the house yeah and she was just like you fucking set me up yeah like what the fuck dude like you made it seem like i was crazy mm-hmm. the fucking sense of the backseat <laughs> yeah oh shit you're crazy he's <laughs> like yeah i was right you are crazy <laughs> <laughs> while they're speaking with them the trio are prepping to enter his house they continue sharing their plan each of them staying in in uh, in one of the houses where the paranormal activity is happening. And this is where the story goes downhill for me. I have to agree. Um, I don't think the story lives up to the scares at this point, but the scares are still very much there. Mm-hmm. Um, but the story itself just, this is where none of this shit makes sense. Yeah. And I, it's like paranormal investigation, mumbo jumbo. I'm just like, teach me what these things are. You're yeah. just assuming I know what this fucking pendulum is. And what it's for. Exactly. This is where many plot holes come in and you'll find yourself asking like, wait, should I know what's happening? What this is? Right. We got these little radio machines that are just pumping out static. Nothing's really happening with them. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a missed opportunity. Yep. Could have gotten some talking or something through yep. those, some whispers or something. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like 
And the only person who really truly set some shit up is uh, Albrecht. She's mm-hmm. like the one who's mainly prepared. And Ro- uh, Rosendahl sets some stuff up after he gets fucked up. But, yeah. uh, and I guess Jano does too, but like for a bit. Like, yeah, I don't know. With the help of Rosentalk, he leads the investigation in the U.S. and other parts of the continent. They ask uh, what happened to Walter, Juan commenting that nobody has seen him in a long time, wishing them luck. Rosentalk and Funis enters Walter's house, Jano and Alicia's, um, and Albrick at Juan's. Jano turns on the lights, staring at the chair the boy once sat. Albrick goes inside the murderous bathroom, bloodstains still caked on the walls. She takes photos of the carnage, then sets up some pr- some paranormal equipment. Rosenthal and Funes look around Walters with just flashlights, not noticing anything. I, oh, I can only imagine how that bathroom smelled, though. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Rosenthal pulls out a UV light, all types of hidden messages scrolled on the walls. And with what? Blood? Maybe washed blood? I don't know. Yeah, it's a good question to bring up because... I didn't ask that question when it was happening, but yeah, it's very important to to get oh, that context. God. Yeah, yeah, I, I, it's it's very interesting. But they don't like take pictures of it or anything. They just like take mental notes. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, <laughs> good point. Funes leaves out nervously, grabbing a cigarette. Rosenthal coming into the room, asking if he's afraid. Um, Funes and I, I even I actually like this part because we see how Funes is just like. What? Why am I here? Yeah. Like, what? What benefit can I give you? Nothing. I got nothing. I got a gun. Yeah, I think there's another plot hole. Yeah. Like, it it makes no sense as why Funus needs to be there. Mm-hmm. The only thing that actually, correction. The only thing that makes sense is the fact that it is technically a police scene where someone did die on the premises. So, yeah, but but still, it's he's in one of three houses, and That's there true. is a confirmed death in one of the other ones. right yeah. there's a confirmed death in one of them and there's a, another spot where some dude's missing yeah exactly that no one gives a fuck about really mm-hmm. anymore they just care about his house <laughs> <laughs> funis doesn't deny rosentalk agreeing that he is well cuts outbreak answering her phone for uh from funis sharing that they made it inside the house she asks if they looked around he shares th- uh, he shares they couldn't since they there is no electricity she claims that um that this is fine because of w- uh, what they're looking for is better with the lights off. I love that. He nervously acknowledges, then hangs up. Rosendock is prepping up his paranormal equipment. Funes um, asking what exactly are they, are they looking for. He shares that they're looking for evidence. Great. What the fuck does that mean? What, what, what evidence? For yeah, what? What happened with the, the black light used in the bathroom? Right. Like, what evidence yeah. are we looking for here? Like... Did this man kill someone? Is that why I'm here? Mm-hmm. Why am I here? I'm still trying to figure out what's the point of me being here. <laughs> They're trying to figure out what happened the night before. There you go. Funa's making sure that they're that they are only looking for clues. He's like, we ain't looking for ghosts, right? Like, <laughs> uh, Rosa Talk tells him that uh, that he doesn't have to be there tonight. Comment, and there you go. Like, we get the clarification that he actually doesn't need to be there. Yeah. So I assume that Funus wants to be there. Yeah, I think he's worried about Lucia and her son. Maybe, yeah. Commenting that fear is contagious, Funus shares that he has a, he has health issues with coagulation, sh- um, showing off his hearing aid. Um, that he also has trouble hearing as well. Rosenthal empathizing that this is pl- this uh, is a place not suitable for him. 
you should leave. Mm-hmm. You should leave. They're like, I feel like Rosen Talk actually gave him a chance. Like, dude, leave. Like, I, I don't need you. Yeah, you can leave. It's 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 funny because he he doesn't want to be there either, but he stays for no reason. Yeah, like, and then he goes on about how he needs to leave and right, can't be yeah. There. And I'm just like, well, the, the okay. The only other reason I can think of why he's there is, people, is for Jano. Yeah. Because, like, Jano works alongside him in all this other stuff. And he, to, yeah. he very much is trying to tell Jano that I need to leave. I need to leave. And he wants Jano to know that he needs to leave. Yeah. I would have just dipped. I would have said, fuck you, Jano. You yeah. got whatever you're doing. I'll call you in the morning if you're still alive. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I'm out of here. Meanwhile, Jono is prepping up all his equipment before he, uh, a call comes through Alicia's house phone. He answers it. Nobody's speaking until he um, asks if it's Outbreak. Um, I thought this was odd. Like calling on her house phone and he's like nonchalant about it. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, it is another woman requesting to speak with Alicia. He shares that she is staying with her sister. He share, uh, shares the number with her, then asks um, who they are, but they hang up. Now this, I think for sure it was not her sister. Yeah. Or a friend uh, yeah, or exactly. whomever. Well, it's, yeah, it's very odd because I had the same vibes as well. And then we heard the answering machine afterward. Right. Which was her friend. Yeah. Sarita, I think. Sar- uh, Sarita. Sarita? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, yeah, I don't know. There's something weird going on with these freaky phone calls that are meant to be creepy, but I think uh, the movie is trying to have them be creepy for creepy's sake. No context behind it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. He he checks her her answer machine messages. Invasion of privacy. A message <laughs> from um, from their uh, neighbor, uh, Sarita, mentioning that her son came back home without his backpack and that he went over to, to her place to grab his toys, but he left it there. Back with Rosenthal and Funis, setting up lights inside the kitchen, they notice uh, some of the silverware is hanging from a cabinet. Rosenthal thinks this is a great fucking idea to fucking play jingle jangles on it and starts tapping on it and like <laughs> playing it like pianos like what what are you doing <laughs> Jono is looking at, at drawn pictures of the fridge and he's like damn me some ugly ass drawings uh, <laughs> as the messages of Alicia's friends continue uh, on the machine um, uh, Sarita again men- mentioning a video her son recorded on his phone of Jano and Outbreak if I was Jano in that moment I'd be like oh I'm fucked like oh shit she tries holding back tears as she continues that it is about her son and she's scared she also brings up that um it is about her ex she wants uh, her to call her and that's another motion of like oh okay they dated yeah great this all catches his attention he moves back to the answering machine. Albrecht's gear uh, uh, starts moving. Rosen talks, still uh, fucking with the silverware until a knife jams into his hand. That was and very odd. It was so sudden. Yeah. Did it like come from the counter and just float up through his hand? There were silverware on the counter as well. Got it. So um, I assume so, yes. Okay. And it gets stuck to the cabinet. This is where it gets even odder yes because it, it starts sucking his blood yeah and we just, didn't we didn't get any context of blood being a factor here it's like a, it's a snowball going downhill right yeah yeah it's like building it's building up and when i say downhill i mean it negatively right yeah, yeah. like it, it's it's a slippery slope right, <laughs> like it's, it's just this doesn't make much sense i feel like if we would have gotten 
more of the drains, maybe blood being sucked into the drain. Mm-hmm. That would have probably made a little bit more sense to make this kind of loop around and have a little bit more context as to why this thing feeds off blood. Yeah, because adding this information to the plot doesn't add anything at all. No. It doesn't become useful information. Yeah, they're ghost vampires. <laughs> like, you know, like I don't I don't get what this was for. Yeah. Like it's just it doesn't make any major sense to me. Um and we're, right now we're watching the scene back of Clara being banged back and forth into the wall. Um, and granted, yes, the shower's on. However, we're not getting any correlation here as the drain. Like if the drain would have been sucking on it or something and we would have been getting that motion from that, that would have made a little bit more sense to me. But Cause I, Yeah, because my understanding is the, the bathtub is the shot with the blood in the bathtub is just to show how much blood, blood she's losing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't feel like this is for this vampire ghost or whatever it is. I don't know. Box ghost. He screams in pain. Funis trying to help him out. Rosenthal shushing him. And he's like, listen, there's gurgling inside the closet, inside the cabinet here. Um, and there's gurgling inside the cabinet. He's trying to find the words in Spanish. Fiend is completing that um, it is sucking his blood. <laughs> Rosendahl commenting that it's inside the cabinet. Funis cocks his gun, pointing it at the cabinet. And I actually do like how the blood looks, how it's going up. Yeah. That looks awesome. I have to agree. That looks great. Rosendahl opens the cabinet slowly, the silverware moving to the other side. That would have been fucked up if it would have dragged it with him. <laughs> Yeah, that's what it's I was like, hoping for, man. That would have been nuts. It doesn't make any sense why it wouldn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. I guess just the fact that like it was done sucking his blood or something. Yeah. And just I mean, like, I don't I, want to get shot. I guess, with, I guess with the other utensils, they're all magnetized to the Right, they're not while, stuck. Yeah, the knife is literally through the cabinet. Right. Now, this is interesting, though, because um, it, it does this does give context to Funus that I can hurt this thing. This thing is actually scared. It doesn't want to get shot. Interesting. That is a very good point. And which is why I think later makes sense for the fire. Mm-hmm. He shouts for Funis to um, not shoot, pulling out the knife from his hand, asking for him to help to help him. Pointing the gun at the cabinet, he assists Rosentalk out of there. They call Albrick Funis, uh, Funis telling her about what's going on and that Rosentalk is hurt. And she's like hella nonchalant. She's mm-hmm. like, like, is it bad? That's like, really <laughs> weird. Yeah. Rosentalk rebuttals um, to tell her that he's fine um, as he uh, gives himself, I guess, a tetanus shot? It's uh, a painkiller, I think. Is it a painkiller? That's what he oh, mentions. Okay. Oh, that's right. He does mention that. He takes a phone from Funis telling her that um, he's uh, he's they are on the right track. The furniture in the room is starting to shift. Funis noticing it as Rosentalk realizes that they are in a nest. She's, she's pleased to hear that the furniture continues to move. Rosentalk instructs Funis to remove all traces of blood that has, um, and that his, oh yeah, he, right here, that his painkillers will take some time to kick in. Um, he, he doesn't understand uh, why he needs to clean it. Rosentalk cuts, uh, cuts him off that they can't waste time. I was like, bro, you're gonna have to give me some correlation here. Mm-hmm. Like, I need, I need motivation. Give me reasons. Why am I doing what I'm doing? Exactly, because all this guy really knows is it sucks blood. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, it sucks blood, but like, is it going to rip my hands off? Yeah. Is that why I need to? <laughs> like, what's happening? Adding that time passes quickly. There. This was also very interesting. 
once again, we're not getting any aspect as to how do you know that? Mm -hmm. What's happening? Like, what do you mean time passes quickly here? It's very odd. Funis springs into action, cleaning up the drops um, and puddles of blood. The house is creaking, the blood trailing to the sink in the kitchen. Once again, this is great. This now gives us context. Like, okay, cool. Yeah, that makes sense as to why it will go in there since the thing damn near lives in the fucking pipes. Yeah. So um, it gurgles, forcing him to move back out of the kitchen. Cut to Jano looking at Patricio's notebook, about to call the number that's inside. His paranormal gadgets start uh, start moving. The glasses um, in the cabinet um, of the house also begin to shake as well. The phone rings. He answers it. Funis on the other end, letting him know that he's leaving. He apologizes, sharing that he's terrified uh, because of his little problem, seeing things that he can't explain. Jano tries cutting him off, but he continues. Jano asks where he is. Funis claiming that he's here. He understands, but he asks uh, where in the house. Funis comments that he's in the kitchen. Jano sees someone by the window, questioning him if he's uh, if that is him. Funis doesn't understand. As he goes to check, Jano moves back and forth, a naked figure appearing at uh, appearing and disappearing when he switches window panes. This also looks great. Yes, I love this moment. And uh, this is fucking awesome. It's a great jump scare, too. Yes, I jumped. <laughs> this was the second time I jumped. <laughs> it's a great jump scare. The figure is in, in the room next to uh, next door to Funis. Funis can't see anything inside the room. He's uh, he's starting to panic, not knowing what he's talking about. I think this is a great moment because you, at least for me, I, I start having that anxiety grow because uh, Jono led Funes into the room where he sees this creature and you think to yourself, oh no, Funes is in the same room as him now, but it plays with you because the creature actually just comes for Jono instead. Right. Which is great. Yeah. And which is, that's the only reason I can assume why he, and actually we get context later as to why they couldn't see him because you have to look at a certain angle. Yeah, it's very, it's very, it's a very interesting approach because even here, it's as simple as looking out of the left side of the window versus the right side of the window. Exactly. And there's even a moment where the creature is staring right at him. Right. He could still see him. Yeah. So odd to me. Yeah. Jano calls it strange as he continues moving back and forth, the figure staring at him as he does it. Then the figure appears right in front of him. Funis shouts for Jano. Meanwhile, Albrecht is working on her paranormal shit. The drain in the kitchen chugs. She runs some water into it. Her equipment begins to move. Checking in the room where the cracked wall is, rubbing on the crack. Funis, and she's like, like, yeah, this, this, all right, you're here. You know, it's, I don't know why I feel this way, but her messing with all that reminds me of 13 Ghosts. <laughs> just, I can see that. Just the like, I don't, I don't even know how to explain why it makes. Yeah, sense. it's just a gut feeling, like of like this, like mathematical, mathematical, like contraption that right uh, takes spiritual energy and makes it into an equation of like being able to solve what it means. <laughs> and I don't know why. I guess it's the house I'm thinking of. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe it's just the house. Yeah. I mean, but the crack is a, a lot larger now, right? We yeah. can see inside of the crack. Um. So. A lot larger than when it was when uh, Juan was trying to fix it inside of his house. Funis tells Rosentalk that he's leaving. Rosentalk shushes him and that he found he found him below them. I'm like, great, dude. I'm out. Like, <laughs> like fucking have fun, man. He smiles as he motions Funis to take a look underneath the bed. Nothing is there. 
Rosenthal claiming that it is not empty and that it depends on the, on your point of view. Moving to the other side of the bed, lifting the covers, exposing feet moving underneath the bed. It's like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I, I'm I, hiding. <laughs> I love this reveal and I think it was oh, awesome, but I don't like the explanation. Oh, it's bad. Yeah. It's not a good explanation. It, it doesn't make sense for why it came out when uh, Walter was in bed. Mm-hmm. And why, like, it came out on the side; it didn't come out on the back. Mm-hmm. So, like, it, it it doesn't make sense as to that. Um, but I, I don't know. Maybe but, there, like you mentioned earlier, maybe there's just a cultural revel, uh, or there's a cultural reasoning behind it that we right. may not understand. Right, that'd be really cool to hear if that is the case. Yeah, and and honestly, if if we have any Argentine listeners or anything like that that can shed some light on this a little bit more. Please do. Please hit us up on Twitter at nightlight underscore pod because we definitely want to. I would love to hear that. Yeah, and same. I would love to definitely chat more about that because I have no idea. Like mm-hmm. I, I at at this point, I'm completely lost in the story, yeah. and I'm just here for the scares now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, darkness and light, um, two realities sharing the same the same place and time. Rosenthal is fucking stoked. He's yeah. just like, I'm I'm juiced right now. I'm jonesing on this. Um, <laughs> Uh, the figure, the figure's upper half is bent to where he can see out of the, underneath the bed, and you get a fantastic shot here with those glowing eyes. They're beautiful, yeah, like they right there in the back, underneath a portion of the uh, under, under. Excuse me, another portion of the body comes moving toward Funus. He pulls his gun out, shouting, shouting to Rosentalk about it. Rosentalk's continuing his stupid grin um, <laughs> as the figure moves deeper underneath the bed. Funus goes outside, catching his breath. Albrick. Um, is touching on the crack when she receives a call from Rosentalk. He excitedly shares that they f- that um, that he found what he was looking for. She's happy that it went well. No, and it's interesting because at this point I would have been like, maybe we should all meet up. Mm-hmm. Like, it sounds or like document something. They're all talking about how this is research and right. they want to document as much as possible. I don't see cameras set up. Yeah, exactly. I see they equipment went in there. for warnings. Yeah, they went in there with nothing. <laughs> yeah, like, you, and they went, it's it, it's interesting because they set all this shit up and it's just like a warning system. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you, you're not going to take a camcorder, <laughs> at least like try to record some voices, yeah. nothing, huh? It's just once again, hearsay, whatever. She's happy. She's happy that it went well, knowing that it, that it was uh, what he was looking for. She wonders what to do next. He thinks this is the best document as much as possible. And great, I think at that point in time, I'd be like, "Cool, let's all meet up. Let's meet over at this place. Obviously, this is where all the action's happening right now. Um, so let's let's do it." And she's just right on the other side of the wall yeah. from them, right? Funus goes over to the house where Jano is, calling for him. He notices blood and broken glass on the floor. The glasses are shaking. He gets he gets his gun ready as he opens the cabinet with uh, a bloody handprint on it. Nothing but china inside. He slams it shut. Moving around to the other side, his hearing aid is starting to buzz. He switches the channels and continues inspecting the bar the bar cabinet. Ghastly moans are accompanied when he moves his head toward the back of the cabinet. He moves it out, banging the uh, banging persists as he gets closer. He rips off the wood. Jano uh, is behind it with pale skin and his eyes are shredded with glass. Jano uh, screams for help in that uh, he has glass splinters in his eyes. Glass and splinters in his eyes. Um, this is interesting. Like, first of all, 
how'd you rip that shit? Yeah. Like nothing. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm like, wow, uh, you're, you're strong. Um, I also don't like how it looks when he moves away. Like you could tell like it's, it's computers. Yeah. For some reason it, it falls very flat there. Like I feel like, uh, it, a lot of the visual effects are data, but here it just looks especially bad. Yeah. It doesn't look great. It shouldn't. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't look great. I think that would have been better better solved if it would have just been his hand mm-hmm. or something, like maybe his hand like trying to pull on it or something or push out or something yeah. like that. Um, but hey, back with Albrecht. Now, the, okay, this is the interesting part actually because now we're switching perspectives. This is now all in like Funus's perspective now mm-hmm. um, because now we're strictly only following Funus. At this point on, because he meets up with um, Albrecht mm-hmm. in a moment. Um, but the whole thing of which is like, don't believe everything you see. So did Funus kill them all? So did they not truly die? And he's just thinking, seeing this. I, I held on to that notion a lot when she had said, don't, don't believe everything, everything you see. see. So I had because she's been, like mad calm. Yeah. About this dude getting fucking glass in his eye and it feels like she's also telling the audience not to believe everything you see so you go right. okay like where's the twist gonna come in but you don't really get anything you don't really that. get anything yeah yeah back with Albrecht trying to get a better visual on the person that seems to be inside the wall she calls out to walter introducing herself what the fuck like <laughs> it's too late yeah like like you're you're way late that would have been funny just like it's too late it got me <laughs> <laughs> and asking if he could hear her images of him continuing to speak to peek out with his eyes shimmering in the light. This looks fucking great, though. It really does. This looks awesome. She interrupts. She's interrupted by Funus telling her about Jono needing help. She asks if he's all right first, but uh, Funus isn't. She comments. Uh, she comments to not believe everything he sees tonight. Funus explains what he saw and did. Abric repeating that not everything is real. Like, okay, great. Can you still like come over <laughs> and like see for yourself? Because what if it is real? Like, yeah. what if he does have glass she in his eyes and he needs it. a hospital? Yeah, she dismisses <laughs> it so quickly. But he continues showing his hands covered in dry blood, explaining that uh, this, is, uh, this isn't his. He didn't get hurt. But it is Jano's and Rosentox, not understanding how that, that can be real. She instructs him to clean his hands, reminding him um, that he shouldn't have blood on his hands here. Okay, why? Because they suck blood. Because they suck blood. But wh- how do you know that? Exactly. Like, did you know this beforehand? It was through her uh, her chemistry set that she found out. It's so weird. Like, it, it all falls apart, and uh, they all seem, like, omniscient, all-knowing, and almost coming to the same conclusion through their own findings, but without any proof. Yeah. And I think that's where it just falls apart. Yeah, I agree. Looking back inside the crack, commenting that these things like blood, asking if he's used any of the tap water. Funus thinks that he he needs to leave this place. She calls for Rosentalk needing to end the investigation. She doesn't get a response back. And uh, So it didn't seem like she was going to do that, but... It was interesting that she did do that. Mm-hmm. Funus asks if there is some sort of explanation. Albrecht mentions, quote, a theory where, excuse me, mentions a, quote, theory where the study coexisting dimensions, these dimensions are organized as if they were the segments of an orange. There's a life in both dimensions. Water is the channel used by microscopic beings. These, being can, uh, these beings can gather, nest, and reproduce. They can use our bodies, end quote. So there you go. 
So that's how I came to the conclusion that, cool, they get possessed through water. Mm-hmm. So they drink the water, they can be possessed through it, um, which is interesting on how this could possibly work with, because uh, we only see two people drink the water, right? Because it was uh, Walter and the little boy. Yeah. So I think we only see those two drink the water. Yeah. Um, but I would assume brushing your teeth or taking a shower. You're, yeah. You're Clara bound was to just going to the shower. Well, she heard it when she was in the kitchen yeah. near the sink washing dishes. So right. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe she took a sip of tap water yeah. while she was washing dishes or something. Or maybe even if it's just on your skin. Maybe. Maybe. Um, cause I mean, it's, oh, it, but they, she wasn't possessed. She just died. She just died. Yeah. So maybe it is those that drink water, which we see Walter and right. the child. Yeah. With this, with this knowledge, he shares, uh, he makes sure to clean his hands with a bottle of water as Albert doesn't understand that, uh, their aggression, their aggressive behavior. What? That's what you don't understand. <laughs> Funis wonders if, if there's a way to stop this. She simply says no. And that, and I think that's, that's what it is. Like, you can't stop it, which mm-hmm. is why we didn't get, uh, I guess, an ending, an answer. Yeah. Um, she simply says no before getting her head snatched and neck broken. She's got her wig staked like <laughs> cracked. <laughs> then dragged into, or she looked like she was dragged into the crack, but she wasn't. She wasn't, yeah. Yeah, she was actually on the floor. She was pulled into the crack, but her body doesn't fit so right so she just like is on the ground i guess um he's he's in shock having a heart attack as the creature from inside the the crack crawls out toward him this looks great and i think this looks great because it's uh it's not in focus yeah the creature's not in focus um his heart beating faster as the crack in the wall is now larger than it first appeared the creature slowly crawls next to him <laughs> I just wanted to lie next to you. <laughs> I've been so alone. <laughs> Got to Rosa Talk setting setting up a camera. Finally, the door <laughs> to the wardrobe opening up. Funis wakes up, clutching his chest and catching his breath. He pull he pulls out his cell phone, but the battery is dead. Looking around for a moment before getting up, noticing Albrecht's Albrecht dead on the other side of the floor. While going going for his hearing aid, the furniture begins moving toward the crack crack in the wall. I assume it's just the field now, just kind of like starting to get more and more powerful. Exactly. Um, he moves away, trying to gain his composure enough. He um, puts in his hearing aid to it, repro- it producing some slight static, but he's able to hear the creature standing on the counter. <laughs> this does look great, though. <laughs> yeah, it does. He looks. He looks over at him. Um, he backs away from the counter, but the creature is no longer there. Funus tries switching his perspective to see if he can see it again, but it is gone. While leaning on the cabinet, Alicia is looking inside inside through the window before coming inside the house. He gathers enough strength to pull out his gun, but Alicia is standing in front of him. He weakly stares. He weakly shares that he had a heart attack and that he uh, they need to get out of there. With tears in her eyes, she mentions that he made everyone think she was crazy. And I love the detail here that her hands are dirty. Yeah, I was wondering about that when this scene was happening. I assume she actually got him this time. Oh, yeah, because she does uh, introduce the context that uh, there was, she knew she there, knew was, there cement. was cement. Yeah. Yeah. And she also has the context that, like, she saw the video. Yeah. Like, she's like, bitch, I found <laughs> you, bro. Like, why would you do this? I was hoping this was the point where she was just like, your son? 
Oh, that would have been great. That would have been great. Cool. That would have yeah. been great. That would be like, oh, fuck, there it is, the ending. I feel like that would have been very fitting for this movie. <laughs> it would have been. Yeah. It definitely would have been. Because, like, nothing makes sense anymore. Blaming him uh, for taking her child away, she saw the videos of, of how he hid him, uh, asking him that he wanted to hide her baby, covering his grave with cement, wanting to know why he did that. Funis swears that he did it for her. He pleads for her for her to take him to the hospital. Funus stumbles as he follows Alicia to her car. She's like already like getting in her car. He's yeah. like, oh God. Poor man had a heart attack and she's like leaving him behind. She's like, fuck you. You took my son away. <laughs> Noticing her decaying son in the back seat, um, she comments that she wasn't going to leave him in the cemetery. Funus shuts the door and walks away from, the, from her car. I think it's hilarious that all this is going on in the story and this woman just straight up just snapped. She's having her own story. Yeah. Like, yeah. She was just like, I, I, I wasn't going to leave my yeah. son. And like, this, this isn't about you. <laughs> <laughs> like this time, this, like the boy didn't crawl out of the grave. Like she just straight up. And she was straight got him. Yeah. Like, she was like, no, you're coming back. And like, he's actually like, he looks like he's actually dead at this time, yeah. but he's not. It we looks like it's not it's the not. spirit, but the body. <laughs> right. For real. Like, he's just like, he's like leaning on the wall on the <laughs> window and shit. He gets into the into his own car while, start, while starting it. Albrecht runs out with her head upside down from her broken neck. This is a great reveal. This fucking rule. Yeah. This is probably one of my favorite scares. I agree. Because it, it, it once again extremely unique very subtle never seen something quite like this and you see it the whole time coming towards you yeah it's not a jump scare yeah you just see a person walking like who is that and yeah as it gets closer like is that person's head and then you're like oh Oh, fuck yeah pounding on his window that he still has time to save them and they're being tortured damn so this is this was interesting yeah because like this lets me know like Okay, maybe they're possessed at this point, or maybe they're like in some state where they their bodies aren't in full control. Would have loved answers. Would have definitive answers. Would have because it would have been very satisfying. But we don't get them because he smashes the fuck out of there, leaving them all behind in a sketchy yet safer location. Like <laughs> where where'd you go? <laughs> this man had a heart attack. He's trying to get to the hospital. He halfway he's like, I'm just gonna have a cigarette. <laughs> this will help he checks his phone and then his hand um he takes a moment but his walkie-talkie continues beeping he picks it up answering it an officer um has been trying to reach him for hours and that the police station is mayhem adding that alicia came looking for him and and he shared his location why the fuck would you do that like why would you just okay he pulls out a cigarette as he lis- as he listens to him continue speaking about what's go- what's been going on at the station. The mayor also coming by as well. Funis doesn't say anything. The officer mentioning that he came to look for him in the in the neighborhood, but his car wasn't there. He picks up the radio, ordering his officer Enrique to get out of there. No answer from him, so he he says it more aggressively this time. Enrique comes back to the radio, um, and that he's in front of Alicia's house and that Jano is there, but he can't see very well commenting that he's acting strange funis repeats for him to get out of there enrique agrees he um, sits the radio down taking a long drag from his cigarette um, while looking at the bloody handprints on his window funis starts his car back up heading back towards the neighborhood and he's like i know what to do because of this cigarette (laughs) back in the in the neighborhood he gets he gets out taking um taking uh cans of gasoline um and taking them into Alicia's house. He calls for her but doesn't but doesn't see her. 
interesting that he chose Alicia's house since Walter's house was one that was technically the nest. Yeah, but this guy doesn't know. Yeah. You know? I mean, I mean he, he, he should was told. know. Right, because he was in Walter's house. But I think at this point, he's just... He's frantic. Yeah. Yeah. He's just like, I want to kill it all. I assume he doused probably all of the houses or something. I don't fucking know, though. Hopefully. Who knows? Um, the, he just starts shooting at the ground everywhere. Uh, that, <laughs> that's enough for him, and starts and he starts dousing the, ga- the house in gas. He notices the door to her son's room has a muddy handprint on the handle. Cautiously opening the door to his room, why? Um, he doesn't see anything for a moment. The boy appears in front of him, slamming the door in his face. Phoenix is like, fuck this, and starts covering them with more gas. <laughs> Inside the dining room, he notices Alicia hanging. He approaches her body, trying to fight back tears. And I actually love that you can see her hanging behind him when he goes in first. Mm-hmm. Like, that's yeah. a great touch. Um, then douses her in gas as well, trailing it outside to the patio. He throws the can back into the house. Why is this a thing in movies? Like they Throwing throw the can, the can of, of gasoline. Like wouldn't that just cause it to explode? Like it's all like compacted. I mean, I would think you want the most damage you can build up, right? And I guess, also, but he's like, I would close. probably do. Yeah, I would do the same thing because I'm like, I don't want it trailing back to me. Yeah, but like I feel like when people douse gasoline in movies they always like chuck it instead of just pouring it dramatic effect i guess yeah but when you chuck it is it gonna get on you oh yeah, it could, yeah. <laughs> so I don't, yeah. <laughs> once you spark it i assume you're gonna spark too <laughs> i don't know trying to light a match but they keep blowing it out or, or trying to light a match um but but it keeps getting blown out he looks up and it's jano Blowing. With his eyes missing, blowing out each match as as he lights it. That was fucking amazing. Yeah. Like, that is great. That was a great way to just be our last little bit there. <laughs> I wish that was it. Um, Funus moves back, pulling out his gun to ignite the gas instead, and he just shoots at the ground. And it ignites immediately. Does that really work? I don't know. I would assume it could be possible, but I don't think his one shot will do it. Yeah. Um. But I could assume it would be possible because sparks when you yeah. hit on the ground. But yeah, um, cut to Juan escorted into the in, into the. I'm just gonna call it interrogation room. Someone introduces Doctor Rizzoni and Officer Guzman. He then shares that their conversation is going to be recorded with this with his consent, and the testimony is of of any part lacks legal value. He brings out um, pictures of Rosentock, Albrecht, and Jano, asking if these are the three people that visited him last year. And there's our context of a year being passed. Yeah. Um, he nods. They ask if he remembers their name or what they told him. Juan shares that they came to help him because they had proof about his wife's disappearance. Disappearance. He says disappearance. Hmm. Did his wife not die? I mean, so... Was her body just taken? Again, plot holes. Once again, yeah. He continues that they had, had him sign papers and he doesn't remember um, anything else since he has uh, since he was under some, some of the effect of drugs. They take out another picture asking if he remembers Funes. He nods, explaining that he was a pol- police officer and his neighbor's Alicia's partner. Remembering that um, he saw him the day Alicia's son was buried. 
They ask if there's anything else that he would like to mention about Funes. Juan shares that he mentioned that he was going to retire soon and he had health problems. Guzman witnesses how Funes um, set his house um, set his house and the others on fire, calling him a fugitive. Juan is looking looking past him at something, not responding to their questions. They continue speaking about the traces of, of uh, his wife's blood being around his house and not just in the bathroom. Juan points uh, uh, behind them, asking if he came came with them alone came with them they all look back but don't see anyone there about to about the, um to begin the conversation again juan pushes the photo of rosentock toward them claiming that it is him and that um but his face is all burnt they look over their shoulder um again nobody there the chair moves juan explaining that he came there with with them one last jump scare with the chair um flying toward them and the camera then credits i hated that ending yeah, I, I really, too. Like that was so cheesy. They could have done one last scare with all the great scares they had. They could have done so much better at the end. Yeah, oh, for sure. Like it, it could have been like Rosen talk, like maybe a door. Rosen talk looking through the door or something. Like maybe his head's like peeking out or something like that. Like with the glowing eyes or something, or the lights shut off, or even just all of them, kind of just like yeah, nonchalantly outside the windows. Yeah, bit neck lady. But yeah, everybody yeah, exactly. Yeah, like or or yeah, like them like cut the lights off or something and and they're all they're the ones sitting in the chairs instead when the lights come back on yeah because it would have been great with um her uh towards the end saying you still have time to save us we're being tortured right and you thinking like oh with funes burning down the house he's gonna free them but it turns out it didn't work right that would have been awesome that would have been awesome but instead, it wasn't awesome. <laughs> but that's okay, because I still like this movie. Was it your first time watching this? No, this was like my third. Got it. Yeah. Um, the first time I watched it, it was because of people were just like the best scares I've ever seen. And got I was it. like, okay, I got to check this fucking yeah, movie yeah, yeah, out. Yeah. Worth it for the scares. Yeah, it's 100% worth it for the scares. Yeah. The scares are incredible in this movie. This is the only one that's like super cheesy. <laughs> but all the rest are like really good. But uh, yeah, so I checked it out around like 2018 2019 or something Got it. like that but yeah um and the second time was like i forgot that i watched it <laughs> <laughs> and then i was re-watching it. i was like oh this looks good and i forgot i watched it and then i was like i've seen this yeah and i was like i yeah i've seen this <laughs> and then i just continued watching it um but there are no movie facts for this one no movie facts no movie facts we don't we don't get movie facts not this time but that's okay because the next movie that we are going to be covering to continue this Hispanic Horror Heritage Month is going to be The Platform, which, Whoa. oh my God, I'm so excited for myself to revisit it. It is a brutal watch. Oh boy. But damn, it's, it's fucking, it's great. And it's, it has a great context on socialism and on higher class and lower class. It's great. It's that sounds very intriguing. Great. It's, it's really good. And it's, brutal okay it is brutal but i cannot wait to revisit that and talk about it on the show let's do it but this was nightlight oh excuse me actually before we even get to that uh we definitely want to hear what your thoughts are on terrified 
Was this scary as fuck for you? Do you like this ending? Can you explain stuff to us? <laughs> let us know over on page. Or excuse me. Well, you can do it there too, actually. Uh, but let us know over on Twitter at Nightlight underscore Pod. Um, and yeah, you can do it on Patreon as well. You can actually follow us on Patreon, and you can still send us messages and such. Good plug. But there you go. <laughs> Patreon.com slash good night life but this was nightlight a horror movie podcast i was one of your hosts prince also known as head knight and alongside me we had david stay spooky everyone always ever, ever also known as nightly our efforts to get the shot is not enough we need your help to spread us out to more ghoulish nights rating us with five stars is very helpful but we would love for you to recommend this podcast to someone who would actually enjoy it you can further support the show over on patreon.com slash good night life that's like what they would Yay. By pledge on Patreon, you'll access the show ad-free and as early as Monday with a post-show. If you don't have any bucks to toss, don't worry. The episode is released every Friday on most podcast services around the world. And remember, everybody, don't forget your nightlight.